the Hamp and OB Show. I'll start off by, uh, you know, saying obviously that that was a, a tough game to be a part of. Cole on the slant. That's incomplete. Third and nine. Rivers deep. Has his man open. He's got it. That catch is made by Zach Pascal. Colts trying to solve their red zone problems. That is complete. To the five. To the end zone. Mo Alley Cox. Touchdown. Well, this is not the greatest quarterback situation. They need Nick Foles to take this thing and run with it and not look back. This is a third and six on the far side. That pass is broken up. Foles with time this side of the field and a little bit too high. Obviously, offensively, we got to be a lot better. 11 points doesn't do it. Foles throwing over the middle, in and out of the hands of his intended receiver. Foles over the middle, incomplete through the hands. That's intercepted. We have to pick up the pieces. We stick together and that, that we have a short week against a good football team. Going over the top with the open. You cannot give up 97 yard touchdown. How is it possible that you could be on a And then you miss the tackle. You go in there like a punk. Put your head down. What time do you throw to someone? What time? OB got closer to the These guys see football their own way. Dan Hampton. You need discipline. You need some toughness. Shame on you, Chicago Bears. And Ed Obradovich. I am so aggravated. This guy, I've. I can't. Flabbergasted is the word, OB. It's the Hamp and OB Show. Brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck. The Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives. Chevy. Colts 19, the Bears 11. The Bears with their first loss of the year. 3 and 1. The offense was terrible. Mitchell Trubisky might be a great quarterback. Everything's on the table tonight. 3 1 2 9 8 1 7200. Hamp, you told me before the show that you uh, want to start it off tonight. Well, you know, and of sorts, a little bit of an opening statement. You know, this is unusual for us in our two days removed from the conclusion of that. That mighty display in Soldier Field on Sunday afternoon. I, I'll just tell you this: we're, we're we're slowly but surely after one quarter of the season, and yeah, we're happy. Ob, the Bears are three and one. Okay, that's better than one and three or two and two or whatever. We're happy, but we're slowly but surely eliminating some of the excuses. Now, let in a big picture way, let's look at this pragmatically. Nick Foles is capable. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won an MVP award. He's capable. Montgomery is begging for more work, and we'll get to that. Allen Robinson is a true number one receiver. Mooney has become a splendid addition to the wideouts. And, you know, Anthony Miller. If they use him correctly. Exactly. Hey, Jimmy Graham has still got some upside. Cole Komet, he's waiting. We still haven't seen them try to implement him in any way. But it all depends, you know, so much, as you know, OB, on the fact that the offensive line has got to set the table. But all that being said, my issue is with the coaching. Now, all those reasons I just told you would tell you that we are capable of much more than what we saw on Sunday. And how do you get Nick Foles to regress that much where he was erratic, inaccurate, and indecisive pretty much for three quarters? How 
how do you explain that this offense that was so efficient in the third and fourth quarter down in Atlanta comes they out? They went back to the dink and dunk game, Dan. Well, That's and, exactly what the hell they did. And unfortunately, that goes back to what? Coaching. Now, you know, Matt Nagy may just be a better head coach than he is an offensive coordinator slash play caller. Because as you just aptly pointed out, it was it was ridiculous. And not only that, the team was unprepared. The Indianapolis Colts, Mark Carmen, they came out and basically said, we're going to kick your butt up and down the field. What are you going to do about it? We did nothing. They controlled both sides of the line of scrimmage all day long. Now, then that's with our offensive line, uh, you know, saying, "Oh, we're much improved." We, you know, we've got a you know a new offensive line coach, and we're we're much better. Well, it, you better get back to the uh, the seven man sled. I didn't see anybody moving anybody off the line of scrimmage. But more importantly, we were unprepared. There was a play early on on a screen. Now, a lot of times they were playing a two-man two man deep zone, okay, the shell coverage, whatever, but they were doing man under. And one of their linebackers jumped uh, Montgomery on a screen pass. And the guard has got to know that even though it is a, a, a zone, that linebacker, if he's locked up, he's going to come right now to go get that back in the flat. Well, our guard was oblivious to it, and went and the, and the linebacker went out and lit Montgomery up. Later, down on the goal line, second and five at, the, I think it was the uh, nine-yard line. Second and five, and Foles, who now has the keys to the car. He can kill plays, for, which Trubisky never had that capability or that dimension or expertise, experience, whatever you want to call it. Foles does. He killed a play, and yet... Montgomery goes out in a pass route instead of taking the handoff, which leads Foles to get battered, you know, trying to shuffle up and, uh, and make a, a yard or two. So what I'm saying is, you know, the Colts are not, you know, doomsday defense. They're pretty good. They're number one in the league. And, yeah, they played four pretty crummy offenses, including ours. But at the end of the day, we were unprepared, and that is why we have now suffered our first loss. The play that you just teed up with uh, the miscommunication with Foles and Montgomery. The kill play. Yeah. Nagy said afterwards, we called it run, kill, pass, and Foles ended up thinking it was pass, kill, run. So straight miscommunication between the head coach and the quarterback, which maybe over time that'll get a lot better. But right now they're not together, clearly. Or they weren't on Sunday. And see, therein is the problem. That is, I mean, that's, that's you know, quarterback 101. You, got, you can't have things back-asswards like that. And if you do, then you're going to pay a price. OB? Well, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things to talk about. And, and, and Dan, your opening statement here is about spot on. You about covered everything. Uh, but I, I you Got know, a lot sometime, more. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you know, I thought that they would come out again, being here at home against Colts coming in, and, and we know they got a pretty good offensive line, pretty good defensive line, pretty good deep. We understand that, but we just got Foles into the into the play situation, and we again eked out a win the week before. 
I thought I wrote down after the first quarter. I wrote down. I thought they would come out and open it up, Dan. I thought that they would go to the interme- intermediate passes, downfield, fire the ball, move the pocket. I thought, God, they're, they're ready for it. They're coming in here. This is the perfect game for it. Because if you stay in the pocket against the Indianapolis Colts defense, the way they're playing, you're going to get killed. You're going to get killed. And they should have known that. They should have moved that pocket, bootlegged, get them out, Put the ball down the field. You know, I keep on saying this, folks. And the rise, reason why I keep saying it is because they keep going to dink and dunk. Now, we bring Foles in to make this offense move. He's a little better, a better accuracy passer, etc. And what the hell do we do? We go. Uh, it's I. I forget. I, I'm I have at stats my for you. Here. I got him twenty. He look. He threw the ball forty two times. Twenty one of them were for within five yards of the of the line of scrimmage. Unbelievable. It was third down and seven, and I think this was in the second quarter. Third down and seven, and he calls for a four yard out, and that's exactly how far it was. A four yard out. Again, and the only thing is, they're hoping and praying that maybe the big tight end or the running back in the flat or something will break it and get a first down. That's not how you play this game in the National Football League. You don't. You go after people. You got an offense. You got receivers. We got some pretty good receivers. Really, we do. We got three tight ends, 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". Use them. Split the zones with them. Montgomery's a good running back. We run for a total of 28 yards. And there's not a problem with this head coach. There's not a problem with our offensive coaches, our philosophy. you got to be kidding me. You people, you saw it, you saw the game. We saw the same damn thing. My God, when is enough enough? And start playing big boy football and open up this offense. What do you have to lose? Aggravating. Well, really, and we're going to, there's so much of this we're going to break down, but at the end of the day, we did not dictate the attack. We absorbed the attack. Everything was about the the Colts. The Colts were in our face, and guess what? They were the monsters of the Midway Sunday. 312-981-7200 is the phone number if you want to jump in here. Hampton will be always wanting to take your calls. We will uh, hear from Kaz coming up at 8 o'clock. Adam Hogue will be with us at 835. Your calls are welcome. Uh, We'll look at the defense a little bit coming back here and uh, keep on breaking down what the offense did or did not do on Sunday. Hey, before too long, I, I just want to say thank you to Wally, our man at Bartolini's who brought the food uh. for every, every every now Tuesday. He, he, <laughs> hey, it was easy bringing it down on Sunday. Now Tuesday, it's a fist fight to get to the city. <laughs> God bless you, Wally. It was a fist fight to get the Bartolini. Every Tuesday, every Thursday, could be Wednesday, could be Sunday. We're here with you on Tuesdays going forward. Thank you so much for listening. 720 WGN. In every single game, there'll be some sort of miscommunication. As part of a game, you're playing against a defense that is talented, um, and there might be a play that you're not on the same page. And that's where the growth aspect starts. So, I think what he means right at that is it goes back to execution. Were there times where we could have executed better um, in all areas? Absolutely. And that's part of the game. Nick Foles, 
Bears starting quarterback, Hampton OB with Kaz with you till 10 o'clock tonight, 312-981-7200. Hampton will be brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives. It's an all-star. Drive a Chevy, a sweet ride in. Uh, so, okay, let's just do a how much credit do we want to give to the Indianapolis Colts, who are allowing, for the record, an NFL low, 14 points per game. They are an NFL best, 4.4 yards per play. They have an NFL best, 15 first downs per game. So it's a good defense, but as you underline, both of you underline, they haven't well, exactly been playing the greatest teams right, either. Well, let me ask you a question, Mark. Okay. Who had the better coaching that? Who did we get out coached, or did we out coach them? So that's super top to bottom. So that's super interesting when you bring up the coaching because Frank Reich knows Nick Foles incredibly well. He was his offense coordinator. They had a game plan of exactly how they wanted to stop Nick Foles and the Bears' offense, and they were extremely successful at it. So obviously, the Colts won that battle on Sunday. Our offensive line were collaborators. Uh, let me tell you, if, if if Charles Leno thinks that is a, an acceptable performance, Ouch. it was embarrassing. And I'm, I've just got to tell you, you know, this guy, he got a big contract two, three years ago. You would think that he had continued to work, get stronger, bigger. It, 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 I don't see it. it. It's regression. And... You know, now we're starting to see other limitations along the line of, of scrimmage, and you can put lipstick on a pig all you want. It's just we've got we've got issues on the line of scrimmage. As I said in the opening segment, we've got some skilled players finally, and yet if you don't have time, if you don't have holes, I don't care who it is. O.J. Simpson couldn't run through there. So it's it's a combination of a team effort, but motivation means a lot. And I'll tell you this, you know, you see it all the time, a team that is supremely uh, 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 prepared, supremely uh, gifted with with tenacity and effort and all those things. You know, Denver went to a Super Bowl with a nobody offensive line and offense around John Elway. And and I watched it, and I said, it's amazing how efficient they are. All I know is that we have got to get better, every single player on the offense. And I'm, we're going to get to the defense, but that has to fall back into the lap of the head coach. You have to see everything. That's why you get the big bucks, okay? That's why you get paid the big cash. You have to make sure there's a checklist. But more importantly... You don't have to have your team, you know, uh, in a frenzy to beat the Falcons or to beat the Lions or even, you know, the New York Giants. But guess what? You're a home underdog. The wise guys are saying, we think you are who we think you are. That's where you say, hey, I'm bowing up and I'm going to get after Philip Rivers, you know, and make him need some relief factor after the game. Yeah, I'm going to get after you know that defensive line everybody's talking about. I'm and nobody did anything. We walked out there and we got bee slapped up and down the field all day on both sides of the ball. You know, uh, defensively, you know, one thing that really struck me funny, and I saw this last year a little bit. Cleo Mack, our edge rusher, it was right around the, between the five and six minute mark, right around like five fifteen to go in the first quarter. And it was second down, I forget what the yardage was. 
and and they and of course Indianapolis threw the ball, and I'm looking and there's number 52 back in pass coverage. He's dropping in the pass, and he dropped now, the interception. Let me finish, Dan. That's okay. That's second down. Now comes third down, drops back for pass, throws the ball again, and who's back in pass coverage again? Number 52. Supposedly, our best pass rusher, the $141 million man. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. There is no way on God's green earth do you have this kid who has the ability to rush the passer from the strong or the weak side, and he's got a lot of moves. I don't care what down it is. You do not put Khalil Mack in pass coverage. He's not being paid $141 million to drop out in at a flat and cover the back if he comes out or a tight end. I, I, It's unbelievable, folks. This kid has to be rushing that passer. That's who he was brought here for. That's what he's paid to do. But we got him somehow dropping back in pass coverage. Danny, and, and just going back to my first volley, talking about offensively, what we don't attack the field. We don't have the kids that we've got. Mooney. We, we've got people that can get downfield. We don't attack that. We don't even intermediate attack. And then we run for 28 yards. And we got defensively, we got chopped up pretty darn good. And we have our number one pass rusher. And what is he? He's in pass defense, dropping back in the flat. Folks. That, you don't play football that way. Let's Not in a, this league. Let's get a quick check in news. We'll come on back here with your phone calls. 312-981-7200. Khalil Mack's got one and a half sacks on the year. 720 WGN. It's a six-player with 400 or more passing touchdowns. That's some elite company. That one tipped in the air and dropped. Khalil Mack had an interception in his hands. No, I didn't want to go too over the top. On that dropped interception. And welcome back into Hampton OB, 720 WGN. Cod's coming up at 8.05. But I did say on Twitter at that moment, OB, that I thought that the worst athlete on the playground in third grade would have caught that ball. Is that too harsh, Hampo? I think so. Really? I think so. You know, I mean, look, we don't want to just denigrate... Khalil Mack, but he's not, not at the all. coach. He's not the one telling him to drop into coverage. You know, he 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 knows what his purpose is. And if the coach doesn't know it, then he needs to be you know, uh, you know, shipped out. Wouldn't you think somebody would question that move, Dan? Look, every once in a blue moon, okay, just to kind of throw off tendencies and all whatever. But here's 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 the essence. That would be in third or fourth quarter after you set a basic game plan protocol where they're looking for him to come. They're looking and then you do not in the first quarter. Not you know, you don't take he's being paid more than any other player in the history of the game of football to rush the passer. You say he's got a sack and a half Sack and a half. I, you know, hey, the sacks, you know, and I used to say this all the time. Sacks, yeah, the they're window dressing. It's hitting the quarterback as he's throwing the ball. It's knocking him off of his spot. That the money is 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 pay, paying out. 
That's what you're paying him for, to make the quarter sort of like Foles. Got batted around, moved around, and, you know, and create some kind of, you know, hysteria in a quarterback's head where they're thinking, where they come, they're coming in on ropes on top of me. We never have done that at any time this season. And we've talked about this ad nauseum. The other guy on the other side, Robert Quinn. One tackle. He's, he's, got, at, he's four games. He's made one play. One play. One play. And, and he's making $14 million a year. Okay, and everybody goes, oh, well, what about the money? It doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Because if he's making $14 million, you can't pay enough to, to bring in a real offensive left tackle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it all matters. Everybody's got to pull their load. And we have got a bunch of guys that aren't busting it. They're, they're freeloading. And I'm telling you, that's the coach's job. And it's, if it's Chuck Pagano or Nagy, either one, whoever you want to call it, they have to be ready to, to bust it on Sunday. Now, we've got somebody kind of special coming in here in two nights. We all know who it is. And if you think for a second, Tom Brady isn't drinking cocoa down in Tampa right now thinking, wow, I remember this pass rush from two years ago. It don't look nothing like what it did then. Well, you got something else you need to be smoking because I'm telling you, this team forever and a day needs to think you're paying that front, you know, Akeem Hicks, uh, Quinn, and Mack a jillion dollars to get after the quarterback. And you know what? Them quarterbacks are having a great time. They don't care. Offensively, they've got to open up. They really do. I, you know, I, I've said it 27 different ways from Sunday. They have to open this offense up. They cannot play this little minor league, whatever the hell but, it is that they're trying to do, Danny. And and on defensively, okay, Akeem Hicks, Cleo Mack, let them go. Let them go, coach. That's what they're making the millions and millions for. Let them go. I don't want to see them in, in, in back and pass defense. So what I'd love to see come Thursday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady is open up this damn offense. Let's see what they can do. Utilize your tight ends downfield. And defense, go after them. I don't want to see Cleo Mack dropping back eight yards in pass defense. That's not what he's paid to do, and it's not what he does best. My God, use what you got and go after people. Make a statement. This coming Thursday night, this coming Thursday night, Nagy, open that offense up, and defensively, let those kids go after Brady. Put him right on his backside, and let's come out with a win. But you got to play hard, big-time football. You can't play this, I don't know what the hell I'm doing football. That's got to stop. All right, let me just say this. And, OB, with all due respect, sir, it's easy to say we got to open it up. But, you know, Matt Nagy's thinking to himself, my left tackle is whiff-blocking on a Pro Bowl defensive end. Move the pocket. He's thinking, open it up. Well, what we do best with Nick Foles is play action. But wait a minute. Play action means you've got to be able to make them respect the run. And the last time I checked, we were – Pathetic in the run game. Twenty-eight yards we ran for. You can again. You can trace this back to a number of, of common denominators. But the first thing is, we were unprepared and we were emotionally unprepared too. And a lot of times you can get away with some things if you're you're, you're flying around. We haven't. 
We have not played a game on edge yet. And I don't know what it's going to take. It took miracle finishes, Dan, to win the first That's what I'm saying. Against we're, the worst teams in the league. We're getting slapped around by nobodies. And then finally, you know, we scrape around and, and you know, pull it out. And it was too little too late against a competent Indianapolis Colt team that'll probably win that division. They're better than they have been. But at the end of the day, they shouldn't have beat the Bears. I'm just telling you. We, man for man, should have beaten them at the line of scrimmage. And But you know what? We didn't play like it. Every pass route was contested. Every uh, every throw Nick Foles had, there was some type of pressure around at his legs, on the side. And you know what? It's the offensive lineman being way too passive and not being assertive enough. The Col- all these different things, it all starts to, to become a snowball. And... And Nagy, you know, he obviously, you know, he can do his press conferences and say, I'm not happy. But being unhappy on Monday doesn't mean you can't coach your butt off all week and say, I'll never have to make that speech again. I will have him prepared and ready. And then if he does, then here we go. Well, Danny, the biggest thing you said so far, I mean, you said a lot of wonderful things, but I'll tell you what, this you talk about being outcoached. It's right in front of you, folks. It's right in front of you on both sides of the ball. Just watch that game, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, against a halfway decent opponent. And by the way, you're playing at home, and you're 3-0, and and you got them coming in at 2-1, and and they take the game away from you from the beginning to the second quarter to the third quarter to the fourth quarter. What it looked like to me, folks, you were totally and completely outcoached on both sides of the ball. That's what it looked. You know like what? I, I I got a question. How did they lose to Jacksonville? I mean, if they're supposed to, you know, be just right. you know, Man Mountain Dean on 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 steroids, how do they lose to Jacksonville? Right? I mean, that's crazy. Plus, they're listen. Uh, you're talking about a Colts team that's that's good, but they, as you mentioned, they lost to Jacksonville. The Vikings only put up 11 on them, though. The Jets put up seven, but the Jets are the worst team in the, in the entire NFL, and you scored four more they points than the Jets. The Vikings. Yeah. The Indianapolis. Colts, Indianapolis beat the Vikings in Week Two, 28-11. Right, I stand right. correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I I thought they played the Jets. They get Jaguars week one, Vikings week two, Jets week three, and, the, and then they beat the Bears. Okay. But regardless of that, here, here, to the coaching point that you're making, the Bears have yet to score a point in the third quarter all season long. You go into the, uh, you go into the locker room at halftime, you make your halftime adjustments, you find something right, you come on out, and you, and you take that, advantage of it. That, I, I knew that. Been listening to me? Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. the hell do you for, think I've for, been saying? For four years, OB, yes, I've been listening to you. Well, and, I got and see, you. folks, that, that speaks to but, the heart of the matter. The halftime adjustments are made by the winners, the smart people, the ones that know how to play the chess game. And if they're playing a shell, then we're going to start doing this. We're going to do crossers underneath. We're going to start. All I know is we are the only team in the NFL that has not scored in the third quarter. I mean, how's that possible? It's just, it's kind of amazing. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You know, you would think by accident you score once the fourth. You know third. how hard you got to try to after coming in after your adjustments at halftime and going out in the third quarter. Yeah. You know how hard you have to try to not to score a point. <laughs> That's an hour, an hour of football. <laughs> how many? We'll look up the possessions. It's got to be uh, 16, 18 possessions, and we are. 
goose egg. So, again, it goes back to the point that we're supposed to be, like, with a, you know, a superior edge in coaching. And I'm saying, where is it? Let's I see it. I think it's- I've seen Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. I've seen Nick Foles, you know, beat the 19, uh, excuse me, the, the 2018 Chicago Bear defense. I'm still waiting for it, okay? 312-981-7200. Our text line is saying maybe if the Bears, maybe it would help the Bears, I'm sorry, if they had a weekly team meal catered by Bartolini's. Hey, now you're thinking. Located at 144th and Pulaski in Midlothian. Bartolini's open seven days a week. Dine-in patio seating. It's beautiful this week. To-go orders, and they're doing the 24 hours a day, seven-day-a-week catering as well. 708 396 33 Bartolini. And they changed it up tonight. They had shells. Oh, uh, the shells were good. The shells were. One too many shells I ate. My, <laughs> hey, uh, we'll take some phone calls coming on back here. We'll get to Kaz at 8 o'clock and Adam Hogue at 8.30. I've got a stat. I'm going to bring back something on Leonard Floyd. That's right, Leonard Floyd coming back here, 720 WGN. 312-981-7200. I'm going to hold my stat, my next my next. Shocking bear stat, uh, Hampo, for a second. Let's get uh, Milton in Virginia on 720 WGN. Milton, thank you for your call. Welcome to Hampton OB with Kaz. Go ahead, my friend. Hey, hey, fellas. How y'all doing this evening? Good, man. Hey, talking to the legends on the radio. I enjoyed your show. I just started listening to your show. Um, actually, late last season. Just want to give y'all props. I like y'all show so much, man. I, I always tune into y'all every week. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, what I had a question was, why is it, I don't, I don't know if y'all know this, when Ryan Pace has been here with the Chicago Bears, every some of his draft picks, he usually just has them inactive all the time. You know, they're not getting enough playing time, you know, not seeing what their potential are. And I think this week, I believe, I remember seeing online that one of his draft picks, he actually released them. I think it's Steven Denmark. I think that was his name. And everything, but I just don't understand why would you draft these guys and don't at least give them some playing time? I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe y'all might know more into that kind of situation since y'all were, you know, y'all played in the NFL. Is it like a between the NFL and the union? Is it just the way the team is? I mean, I don't know. And then just the other question I have is just like you know, like you said, um, I believe it was last week for the defense and the offense. Most likely the defense. The, we got a superior defense. That's just my opinion. But that window is closing. You got it. And it seems like it's closing every single game. In the, whether we win or lose, like you said, these guys aren't getting any younger. You know, we're paying $141 million to um, a oh. pass rusher that doesn't even, you know, he's dropping back. He's not going after these guys and everything like that. And it's straight up disappointing just to know that we paid all this money, not only for him, but just. You know, like y'all were saying last season, Green Bay, they built up from the draft six brand-new starters, and they're making some noise right about now and everything. I just don't understand. I mean, I don't know what else we need to do. Milton, well, great call. Milton, All right, we, thank you. we greatly appreciate you, and we're going to be – It was a good call. And and you know what? We're going to be on Tuesday night, so uh, please make us a part of your evening. Um, first and foremost, for the younger players – whether or not they have merit, there was no training camp. There was no preseason. So essentially, 
they're kind of going flying blind, saying we're going to stick with the the guys that we had last year, other than at the quarterback position. Now, all that being said, Darnell Mooney Mooney has has basically said, no, I'm not going to sit and watch. I'm going to play. And you know what? He has essentially became our second receiver because of his performance on the field. Now, any player is capable and, 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 and it's possible for them to do that. Now, you know, all you got to do is go out and make some plays. Next thing you know, your playing time increases. But unfortunately, a lot of the guys we draft, they don't make any plays. Mooney has been a huge exception. And this year, if we're looking to give credit to Ryan Pace, Jalen Johnson looks like an excellent second-round pick. Cole Komet, we are waiting. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we're ready to punt on Cole Komet, but he hasn't uh, come in like gangbuster now. He also has Jimmy Graham playing in front of him and all that. Kendall Vildor was also a fifth-round draft pick. The only contribution that he had was running into Tariq Cohn and knocking him out for the season. That was a fifth-round draft pick in Kendall Vildor. Right. And that's an accident. Oh, and by the way, if you if you are a special teams player, and if you're on the kickoff return team, try not to block somebody in the back, okay? Stop holding. Start doing things the right way, for God's sakes. How many penalties have we had on special teams through four weeks? It's it's it, it's it's disgusting, is what it is. So let me here's here's my defensive stat for you, Hamp and Ob. So they, the Bears didn't get a takeaway on on Sunday. Khalil Mack had one drop through his hands, and I stand corrected. He's a linebacker, whatever. You can't blame him, I guess, although that ball was really, 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 really catchable. But at any rate, that's happened 29 times, including the playoffs. If you date it back to 2015, it's from the Trib. What do you think the Bears' record is when they don't get a turnover? How many games do you think they've won in 29 times when they haven't had one? Zero. They've, they've won six, so they're six and 23. But this is like Philip Rivers, all he does is turn the ball over his entire career. I mean, that's, and I'm not trying to take, he's been a very competent quarterback, but he turns it over. He right. gives it to you. And, and almost implicitly, he does it in crunch time down the stretch. And yet, those are moments when people blitz. If they can't get there at the front four, they blitz. Part of the reason why the Colts gave us so, so much of a headache, they didn't really have to blitz. Because the front four dominated us up front, and they could keep the other seven guys in coverage, and that shell too deep, you know, cover two, obviously. And go back to what you said earlier. Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator. You don't think that the pass routes, the pass, uh, the pass uh, plays, all that—it's it's all off of like a template. They're all in the same family tree of coaches and coaching and. It was almost like Frank Reich, you know, told his defensive coordinator, these are the routes, have your corners jump, take the inside away, whatever. We couldn't get anything going. Zero. If you go to the history of the Colts, by the way, on the Bears running the football, 16 carries for 28 yards, you have to go back to September 27th, 2009 correct me if I'm wrong, that's 11 years ago, I believe, uh, they stopped the Cardinals, uh, or held the Cardinals, I should say, to 24 yards on 12 carries. So since 2009, an Indianapolis defense has not had that level of success against the run until they met the Bears this past Sunday. That has to indicate that something is wrong with the Bears' rushing offense, which we all know, but that kind of underlines it, at least to me, to a whole other level. I mean, how can you be that you're trying to rush, run the football. You know you need to run the football. This is something you've been working on to run the football, but they can't run the football. And here's here's the here's the uh, the, the wild card: Darius Leonard, their terrific middle yeah, linebacker. Yeah. 
He left in the second quarter. I'm thinking, here we go. We're going to bust them open. They only got better. <laughs> maybe we got tired. Or maybe they're out of gas. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you this. And, and your point about Khalil Mack dropping into coverage. Wow. What, how, what, what subterfuge. Wow. How Very amazing unique. is that? Oh, that's, that's off the charts. Who would ever thunk of that? Well, guess what? It wasn't long after that he was on the sidelines and Mingo was out there. He was resting on the sidelines. I'm just saying, this all stinks to me. I, I tell you something. Now, again, we're coming to Thursday night. Buccaneers coming in here with Tom Brady and all his glory and whatever have you. This would be a nice time to make a statement. They really do. And if they come out and they drop in Cleo Mack defensively, and we get manhandled, our defensive line, like we got last week, a few days ago, let's put it that way. And if that offense doesn't change their philosophy, it's going to be a long night Thursday night. And it's going to turn into a long year. Because after that, we got one more team that we could beat. But after that, the majority of teams that we have to play are teams that have been in the playoffs and are teams that are very well coached and very good. And what I'm telling you is, if you're going to go after four games with your offense, the way you are conducting your offense, and defensively, the way you're conducting your defense, it's going to be a long year, gentlemen. It's going to be a long year. And I don't put this so much on the players, Dan and Mark. I put this right on Nagy's head, right on his head. Tic-tac, nail it right on his forehead. You can't run an offense the way this guy runs an offense in the National Football League, knowing the rules in this time and age in the NFL. You just you're going to lose. We've we've got four essentially four different quarterback coach slash offensive coordinators involved here. Is it too many cooks in the kitchen? Think about this. DeFilippo was the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. Now he's back here as a quarterback coach after being an offensive coordinator in Minnesota and before he was a quarterback coach in Philadelphia. Four different places, four different years. Bill Lazor was out of the league last year. Uh, the offensive line coach was out of the league last year. The tight ends coach was out of the league. But the point is, they all have an agenda. And so much of the time, folks, and this is, this is it's kind of the underbelly of professional sports. These coaches... Oh, yeah, they love the game, and they like, you know, the one-on-one with the players. Yeah, right. What they want to do is become a head coach and make the $5 million a year. So they're all trying to get their, you know, their pie in the oven so that they can get credit, so they can be the ones that everybody goes, wow, this is So I don't know what's going on, but this offense is a disaster. 312-981-7200. Dan. It's coaching. We'll talk to Kaz coming up here after news. and uh, I, You know, the Kaz, uh, he uh, played for Mike Holmgren uh, when he was at BYU. I'm not Mike. Uh, Mike Holmgren and Andy Reid. Forward to the end zone. Going up, grabbing the football for the touchdown is Robinson. We put quarter one of the season behind us. You know, we finished three and one. You know, now we're in the quarter two of the season. You know, again, we got a good team coming in here in Tampa Bay. You know, that's playing well right now. That's, that's starting to heat up a little bit. You know, so again, we got to take on the challenge. You know, we got to come out here and play better. Now back to Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. And the Cosman coming on in right now. 
somebody do something for Allen Robinson. He doesn't deserve this. He did have seven catches for 101 yards, scored a touchdown. Of course, that was after the Colts stopped playing defense. There was that. Uh, Hampton will be with now Kaz joining the program, 312-981-7200. Kazi, how are you feeling, my friend? Every time I get really excited, I get crushed. So I'm pretty sure we all feel the same way. You know, we're thinking, okay, this is going to get good. It's going to be great. And then they go out and lay a stinker. And, you know, guys, I know the defense only gave up uh, 19 points. But that last drive, they could have – if they could have shut down Indy, um, you know, you really – you have a shot. And uh, because they couldn't, and they looked tired, they looked um, out of sync, and they, you know, they couldn't stop the run. You're going to lose the game. I mean, you know, there's moments in the game where you got to make plays, and Miller uh, having that ball hit him in his hands, and he basically, you know, covered up because he didn't want to get hit going across the middle. Uh, that was the difference maker ultimately. You know, I mean, you could talk about everything else, and they were not very good on offense. They, it still looks like, uh, you know, an offense, even though we have a quarterback that can le- legitimately play, we're not putting him in positions where he can actually throw the ball down the field. We've got to change that. You know what, guys? So. I, I opened the program, and I said there's lots of things that, you know, we can point to, <clears throat> and there's a lot of excuses that can be made. But more and more, it's starting to look like, we're not a very well-coached team. And secondly, the part that really bothers me is the Colts came in here and they were the monsters of the midway. They kicked our butts up and down the field on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage. And you can talk about the quarterback and the receiver and all that all you want. But if your left tackle's getting run by like he's not even there, your quarterback's having to run for his life, throw the ball up, you know – all these factors contribute to the the fact that, hey, not only were we not mentally schematically prepared, I don't think we were emotionally prepared either. And no. rather than us deliver blows, we were absorbing the blows on both sides. And OB, you know, took Pagano to task. Early in the first quarter, they got Khalil Mack dropping into coverage. Like, I know. Why? Uh, Why? Just, what are you doing, right? Go on. I'm sorry. This is, well, I, you're no. I'm just saying, cause that's what we're saying. That's where you want to tomahawk their quarterback and put a clock in his head the rest of the day. And yet, the 141 million dollar pass rusher is dropping back to drop interceptions. So, all I know is. We kind of were buying in, you know, Nagy going, oh, there's something special about this team because they came back, you know, against the Lions. Oh, they came back against the, the Atlanta Falcons. When they never showed up against the Colts. And, yeah, it was 19-11, to but that just tells you the Colts aren't that great. And we were in it all day. And you're exactly right. Anthony Miller, you know, kind of, you know uh, – you know what would you call it? Uh, hit him, hit him in his hands, yeah. both hands, and he just, you know, he was cowering. Let's just call it. You know, Cringing. he punched down because yeah. he thought he was going to get hit by the safety coming from the other side, and he basically uh, gave up an interception on a third and ten, which would have made it first down, <laughs> and 
You know, he, he makes a play. Who knows? I, I, you know, I'm not going to say the Bears were going to win the game on it, but you most certainly lose the game when you make a play like that. Well, and, and Matt Nagy laments the, the fact that we don't have a running game, oblivious to the fact that he's in charge of it. <laughs> yeah. And we come up with 28 yards total rushing. In an NFL well, you, game. You can't win. You can't win if you don't run the ball. At least, you got to get 100 yards to have a chance to win. I mean, you know, it could be multiple backs, but you need 100 yards. Uh, I mean, the NFL, you know, the formula is to throw the ball down the field. It's uh, it, it's a passing game, but you still have to run, run the ball. And the teams that win Super Bowls run the ball as well as throw the ball. And, you know, it's not getting easier now because Tampa Bay's coming in and Tom Brady has a uh, – a score to settle with Nick Foles. I mean, it just is what it is, right? Let's just call it. So uh, the Bears better be ready because uh, Tampa's going to come up and they're going to show up and they're going to bring it. And they've got some players. couple of just running stats for those who missed it. They The Bears, it's 16 for 28, but really one of them was a Foles kneel down. So, so it's 15 rushes. Now, how many of the 15 do they rush for three yards or less of the, of the 15? The answer is 13. So I was going to say, yeah. The average yeah. 1.8 yards. Right. What are you talking about? Right. Well, you would think you would pop you one. forward and gain uh, more yards. <laughs> You're right. You would think they would pop at least one of them. They had one run that went for six yards. One run. And, and Kaj, you know, in high school or college or even in the pros, running the ball is an attitude. And I used to say the one of the great hidden hand assets – of the 85 Chicago Bears, and everybody goes, well, the offense wasn't that great, but they led the league in scoring a year or two there in the middle. I'm just saying, we could run the ball when we wanted to. Not when you let us, not when the game was over, not when you were playing prevent. We ran the ball when we wanted to. And so much of running the ball is an attitude. And not only that, it's about making in-time, in-game adjustments. Are you aware of the fact that every team in the NFL, that would be the other 31 teams, have scored at least a point in the third quarter? That would be the quarter exactly following the halftime adjustments, or so-called adjustments. The Bears have scored zero points in the third quarter. I, I, I prefaced you coming up saying, you know, you at college you had Holmgren and you had Andy Reid and some of these coaches. What would they do? How, how do you not score a point in the third quarter after you've seen what the defense is showing you for 30 minutes? Oh, you, you have to, and that's the whole point of it. I mean, at, you know, at BYU, we threw the ball every down. And, you know, we, we basically called it a, a run because it would be a five, six-yard pass. And then if you made yards after the catch, that was a bonus. But basically – Third quarter, when we came out in the third quarter, we were putting teams away, and it was expected for us to score immediately in the third quarter because that's the way you you know you make the adjustments and you you put teams away. So it, it just tells you that the Bears really struggle with their coaching staff, and unfortunately, a week ago we were excited about what they were doing and where they were headed, and hopefully they can figure this out but right now they uh you know we've seen a a a long history and when i say this you know a couple of years of what they're doing and they don't make adjustments at halftime they're the worst team in the league since 
Nagy was brought in. They are the worst team in the league after halftime, you know, in the third quarter. If you track it back, I'm going to tell you, it, we're the worst. We don't know how to make adjustments, and that tells you that they, we just don't have great coaching. It's plain and simple across the board. Kazi, hang on one second. We'll come on back with you as uh, we can come back with you as well. 312-981. Couldn't agree with Glenn Moore. He's right That's on. I told you about coaching. It's not the players. It's this coaching staff. And I'm going to tell you, and I'll say it again. They better wake up and start playing, letting these kids play football and letting them go. Or these coaches here will not be in. They will not be coaching the Chicago Bears next year. Bill O'Brien lost his job uh, yesterday. Well, of course, he was 0-4 and was the general manager. Made one of the worst trades in the history of the NFL in the offseason. But regardless of that, 3-1-2, 9-8-1, one scored in the third quarter, though. <laughs> he did. He did. Seven twenty WGN. And then his first time as a quarterback in this offense uh, with, with, with different players. And I guess a pretty good defense. So it's probably a good balance of understanding that could we have played a lot better on Sunday? Without a doubt. We, we know that. Um, is this going to take a little bit of time? Yes, it is. It's going to take some time. How long? That would be the estimate on that. Let's bring Kaz back in here. Hampton will be with Kaz till 10 o'clock tonight. 312-981-7200. Let me just throw this out to the old panel here. I look at it like Matt Nagy is a great cheerleader, positive guy, maybe even somebody that could bring a whole coaching staff and group of players together. But as far as actually calling plays on the offense, that we, we talked about it last year that it should have been off the table for him. It's not his thing. He's not. He's horrible. It's right. like you're you're a positive guy. You can handle the media afterwards. The players like you. That's what you're good at. That's your strength. Being an offensive coordinator, it's not your thing. It's him doing that. It's putting himself in peril. Am I missing anything here? I mean, maybe. He's, no. Go ahead. Let me Cus. tell you this. Uh, uh, here's what I'll say. And Dan, you brought up. We talked about it before the break. Lavelle Edwards. He was a tremendous coach and. And he always said, you know what, the two most important series for an offense, and we're we're talking about college now, but it it carries across the board, high school, youth football, and into the pros. Right before the end of the half, you have to score points on your last possession, and you have to score on your first possession in the third quarter. If you can do those two things, you can win ballgames on a regular basis. And we don't do it, and it, it really is. Nagy's a poor uh, play caller. I, I mean, I watch the stuff he does. It, it's not like he doesn't have a bag of tricks. He just doesn't know when to use them. And he's he's bad, and he's horrible in the third quarter. He's horrible at the end of the, the half. And it, when you can't score points in those two spots, you're going to lose. That's how it works. What about the fake handoff? And then the sling pass behind the line of scrimmage for negative one yards. Does that play? Should that play just go away? Yep, we've seen enough of the speed screen. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, if you have the personnel to do it, okay. Look, you have these. Uh, you know, you have like the Kansas City personnel. You can get away with that play. You can't get away with it with the team you currently have. So that's you know that's always been our point. Look, play to your strengths. What can you do well? Well. 
I don't know what they do well on offense right now, other than we have a legitimate quarterback and we have some pretty good wide receivers and we have a tight end. But if you can't run the football at least a little bit, it's pretty easy, Dan. How easy was it for you and Ed to tee off on a team that couldn't run the football? I mean, you know they got a pass. You're, you're going to get to the quarterback, and it's a party back there, right? You're going to crush them. Right. And, that- and, and, you know, something else that was lost in the, the backwash of Foles coming in down in Atlanta and the fact that we had to wait a week to do the postgame. Do you remember Trubisky doing the single-wing quarterback sweep? What, two or three times in the first half? You remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. thinking, what are, you, what, what are you doing? He's trying to get him hurt so he can get his real quarterback in, right? <laughs> I, 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 you know, but again, who in their right mind? I, I'm just I'm, I'm Yeah, just, I'm why perplexed. would you even run that play? Even if you, you know, you can make the change. I, I agree. I mean, it's. He does these weird things, and he's trying to, you know, fit into history and be this cool, smart guy, just like the general manager. The two of them are the same character. they got to be the smartest guys in the room, and they're not. That's the problem. They're not. Glenn, you just said the best thing I've ever heard you say. Thank you. Just what you just said. You couldn't be more spot on. My God. But I tell you, I got an answer for you guys. I know. Obi's just with... smiling at you, Kaz, right now. It's, 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 no. it's true, though. Yeah, I mean, well, these guys he, think they're Glenn's so right. smart, and they're yeah. not. But, but to Dan, and I have an answer for you guys, it's Nagy's old trickery and deceit play. That's what it is, guys. <laughs> did you, did you, and it doesn't work trickery, if you don't have the person. Trickery and deceit. At this day and age, he's going to out-trick them. He's going to say they won't be looking for Mitch Trubisky to run. When he's back in single wing formation, you complete. Oh my God! Well, is it on the table that the offense that they're and, and I'm going to get yelled out of the room here for this one, but I'm going to ask it: Is it on the table that what they're trying to do and run the football and all that this offense actually might be better with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback? Anybody doing what? I don't know. I, well, he could run it. He's got to call he, plays. He's he got to call plays that would work for your personnel. And so whether it's uh, Mitch or the uh, a legitimate NFL quarterback, which we have now, you still got to call plays that suit your personnel. And, oh, by the way, you got to make adjustments at halftime. And you got to come out in the third quarter and you got to put it in the end zone. You got to put points on the board. It's, I mean, it's so simple. Yet it's really hard, right? And if you don't know what you're doing, it looks like what uh, what, what we're watching every week. And, it, you know, yeah, we scored a lot of points um, last week. But, I mean, we've seen this replay over and over again. You know, they have a great game where they score points. And then uh, our head coach has to be really smart and crafty and come up with all these new little gimmicks instead of just sticking to meat and potatoes. Dan Weiner, getting it done. Yeah, Dan Weiner in the Tribune underlined a bunch of the Nagy stats. Say 22nd time in Nagy's 37 games that the Bears have failed to score more than 20 points. 13th time under Nagy that they've failed to score multiple touchdowns. The Bears, by the way, are now tied for 25th in red zone efficiency. 
Uh, they get to, they reach the end zone fifty percent of their trips when they once they get inside the twenty. I mean, the there is it's not just a week four of twenty twenty thing is what's being underlined here. And and yeah. may, you know it's what it's what he is. It's who he is as a coach and. I think you made the, you know, probably the smartest statement that I've ever heard from Mark Carmen is it's time for Nagy to hand over the play calling to somebody. I don't care who it is. Heck, you know, grab a, a guy from, uh, you know, the stands and let him call it because I'm pretty sure he can call better plays at some point. I thought he, he's that, just awful as a play caller. He's terrible. I thought that was going to happen this year. I thought Lazor would be the guy they're bringing him in. You know, DeFilippo, they bring all these guys in. I figured, aha, somebody's going to do it because he has proved he is not a play caller. He, okay, he, Nagy is not a play caller in the National Football League. And I thought maybe, okay, hey, smart move. They're coming in, bring somebody new, a new look, a new feel, a new way of attacking the field. Never happened. Kazi, we're sending you some Bartolinis. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Oh, I love it. Guys, have a great week. Stay safe and uh, love talking to you. All right, Glenn. All right, back guys. At take you. care, baby. The always awesome Glenn Kozlowski. And yes, Bartolini's Restaurant Catering. It's family owned and operated the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland. 708 396 2333. Check the news right now, 830. Adam Ho coming up, 720 WGN. over the middle. Complete through the hands of his intended receiver. That's intercepted. You know what? I gotta be more accurate. I gotta, I gotta help him out. I was trying to lead him out of the break to have him split the safeties, and uh, it was probably about six inches too far. Um, and that's on me, and that's something that is an easy fix for me. So now back to Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. It's seven twenty. WGN Hampton OB Cause until ten o'clock tonight. The best Bears reporter in the land for WGN Radio, NBC Sports Chicago, Adam Hogue, joining us now, who did not think that he was going to witness the Bears going back to 2019, or maybe even, I don't know, 2017 Bears offense uh, yesterday. Good evening, Adam. Welcome to Hampton OB. Hey, guys. You know what was so fascinating about that game is it while the rest of the league is all scoring 30 points, I think nine games had been completed in week four by the time that game kicked off at 325 on Sunday. And every single one of those games, those nine games, the winning team had scored at least 31 points in their games. And then you go back in time, basically, with this game where the Colts, sit back in Lovey Smith's cover two defense and can't do anything offensively and like unlike the rest of the league, there weren't a lot of points scored. And we don't have any answers for it. Now, let, let me just say this, Adam. 31 points, boy, that's a, that's a sh- moonshot to us. What about scoring in the third quarter? Can we just start yeah. – can we get a field goal in the third quarter sometime? Yeah, you would you would think so. You think coming out of halftime uh, with some type of adjustment, but you know what? Um, I think Matt Nagy fell into some some old bad habits from 2019 in this game. Uh, you know, the players got to take some responsibility too. You can't start the second half, Carlos Leno Jr. Uh, with with just an easy tackle out on the first play from scrimmage. I mean, there was a, there's nothing to that play other than the left tackle got beat. And now you're at second 18 to start the second half. So uh, it's bad. So not only have they not scored in the third quarter, 
guys are the only team in the NFL that does not have a rushing touchdown through week four. Ouch. Let me let me ask you this about the, the run game. Should we continue with the Cordero Patterson experiment, or is he just too upright to be successful back there and maybe just give David Montgomery the ball a whole lot more? I know, I know OB, you, you want to see Patterson back there, at least some, but I don't know. Well, the thing about Cordero Patterson is he, he can run the football, but he's not really a running back. And let me try to explain that. He is a hit the hole and run forward, and he's going to run through some guys. You might run over a couple guys, but he's going to run through the hole that the play is supposed to be designed to go through. And if that hole is not open, he's going to run into a wall. So if you take, for instance, that third and one, and I didn't like the play call uh, in that situation, the first play of the fourth quarter on third and one, because I thought the Bears, by going under center, had given away that they were running the football. Because if you go back to the end of the second quarter, every single time they went under center, and it was only four times, they ran the ball. And every single time they were in shotgun, they threw the ball. So there was an obvious tendency there. And if I'm a defensive player and I see that Nick Foles is under center on third and one, knowing what I just went through in the third quarter, I'm going to sell out on the run. But if you look at the end zone angle from behind on the coach's tape, there actually may have been an opportunity to cut back to the left and fight forward for yards, at least to the point where maybe they could have gone for it on fourth and you know half a yard or fourth and inches or something like that. David Montgomery is a running back where he can be patient and see that and make something out of nothing. And we've seen him do that. You know, he'll get hit in the backfield and still fall forward for three yards. Cordell Patterson, if there's a hole open, he might pick up 12. But he's not going to be patient and use that vision to find a spot. So I don't mind them using him in that way, but he's not going to give you the same type of patience that David Montgomery has. Exactly. He doesn't have the ability to jump cut or make a move to avoid it. And by the way, the reason that Cord- – is it Cordero? Corderell. Yeah. Corderell. So I have it. Well, it's for, was, Tommy it was because Corderell, but it's Cordero. was okay. because uh, – uh, Cody Whitehair had been bull rushed into the backfield three yards by the nose tackle. Yeah. So, you, 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 I don't know, like I said, if Jim Brown could have made a yard on that play. <laughs> uh, let me just ask you a question. The uh, the obvious, you know, point of your tendencies that you just went over, that every, the four times under center was a run, and the every other time we were in shotgun, it was a pass – during that sequence in the third quarter. Don't you think that that would be something that a coach would be conscious of? And and try not, and even in some self-scouting manner, try not to ever fall into a trap like that. That just sounds so junior high to me. Doesn't it to you? Yeah. Well, I, I do think that, um, I mean, I like to think I'm paying attention to things during games, but I, that's not something, it, let me put it this way. If I can sit at home and figure that out in the, during the game, and I tweeted that in the game when it happened. Like, I was able to recognize that in the game from a chair at home. Well, I would think that an opposing defensive coordinator, and by the way, the Colts not only have a good defense, they have a good defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, who's probably going to be a head coach soon. They're going to pick up on that. 
So, yeah, in this instance, and that's why I said it, I think that the Bears were a little bit too predictable um, in some of those tendencies. But also, look, if you can't run the football and they're going to sit back in a cover two shell, and it, it, it basically when a team – in 2020, if I'm a Bears offensive lineman this week at House Hall and I'm getting ready to play the, the Bucks on Thursday, I'm taking that personally because for the Colts to do that, they're basically telling – because it's cover two is like falling out of the league because there's too many good quarterbacks. There's too many three wide receiver sets. There's too many versatile tight ends that can find the holes in the cover two defense. So for the Colts to do that on Sunday, they're telling you, we're going to kick your butt up front with our four defensive linemen. And it basically comes down to that. And so, and that's what happened. The Bears offensive line did not play well, and they got beat up front. And so I'm, I, I would be taking it personally that they even felt like they could do that, but then they also executed it against you. And that's how, if I'm an offensive lineman, that's how I'm attacking this week. Adam Hogue with us here on 720 WGN with you with Adam till 9 o'clock. It's 312-981-7200 if you want to ask Mr. Hogue a question, which it looks like Dan Hampton I got does. a question back here. Uh, my hand's up. Uh, <laughs> last time Obradovich and I checked, Khalil Mack was paid $141 million to drop into coverage. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I, but- I look, we get it. Pagano wants to act like, you know, he's uh, Captain Voodoo and he's going <laughs> to whip up something. I, this is, it's ludicrous. You know, and especially when Khalil Mack, he hasn't been seen in the same, you know, he social distanced himself from every quarterback thus far except for one play. Think about that. You know, in the old days, you know, two years ago, when uh, he actually was earning that big cash, he was hitting a quarterback five, eight, nine times a game, if not getting a sack or so. I mean, and and where's your friend Robert Quinn? Is he still playing for the Bears? Well, there's a couple problems there, and I heard you guys talking about this earlier. And, and you're and you're right. I mean, Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack have combined for one and a half sacks so far. Um, two and a half. Combined. Two and a half. Uh, two and a half combined so far this season. So, but I also heard what you said, Ham, too, that, and I love what you said because you said that really you got to hit the quarterback. You know, sacks can be sort of dependent on the situation, and, and you get a quarterback like Phillip Rivers, and Tom Brady's going to do the same thing Thursday. Because Tom Brady doesn't like to get hit, guys. This has been going on for three years. If he sniffs somebody around him, he's unloading the football because he just, he's that old, he doesn't want to get hit. And I respect that. So sacks aren't always indicative, but hitting the quarterback is. And the NFL is trying as hard as they can to get rid of quarterback hits, but they still matter. Akeem Hicks has nine quarterback hits so far this season. The next closest player has three, and I think there's a couple there tied with three. So he has six more than any of your edge rushers, and you got so much money right now invested in Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, and I go back to the spring, everyone was freaking out about Jimmy Graham's contract. And I kept saying, well, wait a minute. Robert Quinn's been in this league for a decade, too, and he's making a lot more money over a lot more years. Jimmy Graham's contract's just basically a one-year contract because they can get out of it after a year if they really want to. Robert Quinn's tied up for multiple years. Five years, and, $70 million. Yeah. 
And the last and only time he played in a 3-4 defense in his career, he wasn't effective. So that's what concerned me about that. Now, it's only been three games that he's been playing, but the production hasn't been there. They're paying him essentially to be a better version of 94. He's wearing 94. Leonard Floyd wore 94. They're asking this 94 to be better. So far, he really hasn't been. Yeah, Adam, we have. Pace has outmaneuvered everybody. Okay? We have Quinn and Cleo Mack for a total of $211 million. $211 million. 141 and 70. 95 guaranteed to Mack, 30 to Quinn. Total though is two hundred. If they play two hundred and eleven million dollars, I I don't have, that, I I don't even have words. I, if you asked me that question, you'd stump me. I couldn't give you an answer. Hey Adam, why don't you think about that for a second, and let's come on back here, quick timeout, and we'll be back in two minutes with Adam Hogue. It's Hamp and Ob till ten on seven twenty WGN. Jeff Vukovic, Vuk! he's back in the WGN huddle here. He knows the insurance biz. He prides himself on doing it the right way. Oh, you can join me here. Nation Nationwide is on off. your Whoa. side. Fook! <laughs> Check out JeffFook.com. Come on, you're running off the three. I, 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 thought, I thought it was great. I think Vuk loves it. Nationwide's on your side. <laughs> Adam Hogue, but with us here. Oh, oh. It says on here. It says on here. Jingle is encouraged. I said, "Join me." And Adam and I tried to do it together. I probably got it wrong. Obi, what were you saying about uh, in the break that I think Adam Hogue should hear about uh, what Dick, Dick what Dick Buckus might be worth today if he was playing? <laughs> yeah, excuse me. We were just <laughs> sitting here talking about what these you know these between Quinn and and Cleo Mack at two hundred. And $11 million. And I said, well, according to this, if Dick Butkus were playing today, they'd have to give him a team. <laughs> they'd have, his salary would be he owns a team. I, that would be his salary. I, I looked. I, 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 I remember yeah. like in 1982 yeah. or three or something like that, Walter signed for a million a year. And back then, that was, you know, that was like, yeah, unbelievable. One million and eighty-two and eighty-three, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I. We were also talking during the break that, uh, and I don't know how much you've been watching Rams football, Adam, but the Leonard Floyd, he's got two sacks, he's got six tackles, he's got a half a sack less yeah. than Mac and Quinn combined. That's uh, not where we kind of uh, thought we'd be right now. Yeah, forget. Yeah. Hey, Adam, I got a, I, I've got a, a couple of <laughs> good points to make. We know. Darnell Mooney has has been terrific. He really has, and he needs to be given more and uh, you know better passes, but more opportunities. But I got to tell you, every time I watch Jalen Johnson, I, I shake my head and say, "This kid, he's, he doesn't play like a rookie." I like him. I like him a bunch. Yeah, no, I mean, those two really good draft picks there that uh, you got to give Ryan Pace credit for. I hope we'll see more of Cole Komet here going forward. It seems like hearing from Nagy today, he's kind of he just kind of realized he's got to get him on the field more, even if that means less Demetrius Harris. 
Um, but the guys you, you asked about, Mooney, you know, the one I, I was just killing the, how the Bears were able to, or the Colts were able to sit back and cover two. The one time they really did beat the cover two, it was because it was in the second quarter and they at least had, the Colts were still sort of respecting the run at that point in the game. But Mooney was able to take the safeties deep because they had to respect his speed. It was two plays after he had that really nice 33-yard catch down the sideline. So all of a sudden, those safeties are going, oh, wait a minute, we got to pay attention to this rookie. And so he takes both the safeties deep, and that allowed Allen Robinson to find a big hole in the middle of the, of the cover two shell, and Nick Foles made a nice throw for a 27-yard gain. So it, even when he's not making the catches, he's starting to get attention from opposing defenses. He's putting that on film, and that should help the rest of the offense. And I agree with you on Jalen Johnson. You know, he got beat a couple times uh, on Sunday, but that's going to happen. I mean, you're a cornerback in the NFL. Overall, he's he, – I, I like how you said it. He's just not playing like a rookie. He's playing like a guy – actually, both of those guys, for not having any kind of offseason, they're playing like they've been in the league for two or three years. I don't know how much you've uh, looked ahead, by the way. It's how Jalen Johnson and company are going to do against Tampa Bay, but the Bucks are here in less than 48 hours now, and that front seven is significant – they're second in the league against the run. They're allowing less than three yards a carry. Their defense overall is four, 312 yards a game. They're excellent on third down. They're really good in the red zone. It's not going to be easy for the Bears to find their offense on Thursday night. How? how what do you think of Tampa, Adam? Have you been looking? Oh, yeah, I've been looking. They're, um, they're, they're good. You know, I don't know how much you, you pay attention to DVOA, which is one of the sort of more deeper analytical rankings of, of teams, but they tend to be pretty indicative of what's going on. And uh, they actually, I don't know if I agree with this at this point, they actually have the Bucks number one overall as a team. Their defense number two overall behind who? The Colts. So <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't look that great against the Colts on Sunday. You had another really good defense coming in. On Thursday, uh, a lot of the points they've given up so far this season have actually been due to turnovers, and that is one area where Tom Brady has he has not been perfect. He has two pick sixes so far this season. We know how last year ended. His last pass as a Patriot was also a pick six. So um, maybe that's something where this Bears defense can finally get their hands on a football and take advantage of that because I think for the Bears to win against a good Bucks team here, they're going to have to take the ball away. And that was the thing. We could talk about how they, they played well enough last week and they didn't give up a ton of points and a ton of yards. Zero takeaways. Zero takeaways. If you're going to play this type of offensive football where you're not scoring a ton, you better take the ball away. And right now, I don't think the Bears defense is doing that enough. Actually, the score of that game should have been 26-3. to Sure. Yeah, it, it, it felt the reality yeah. could have been twenty six to three. Absolutely, and you know the the Bears one touchdown came when it obviously did not matter. You know one of the one of the major crises points of the offense is Charles Leno has been so unef- ineffective, I should say. Uh, you know Justin Houston uh, was wearing him out. Let me let me ask you what what goes into the mindset of an offensive coordinator that doesn't start thinking, we don't have a chance in Hades if we don't get somebody blocked, and then they start putting a back or tight end on him and double-teaming which I see, you know, I got a lot. Dent got a lot. You know, Lawrence Taylor got a lot. I mean, you know, why are we so arrogant that we we fail to see the forest for the trees and we keep, 
leaving our left tackle who can't block anybody on good players that just basically destroy our offense and we were complicit. Do you not, do do you ever wonder about that, Adam? Well, I did wonder about that on 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 Sunday. It's actually been one of the observations I've been talking about the last couple of days because um, here here's the thing. I, I think that Charles Leno has benefited for all the things we can knock Mitch Trubisky for. Leno has benefited from Mitch Trubisky's mobility. Yep. Okay. He can when Mitch when he felt something on his blind side, he had the ability to get away from it. That type of quarterback does not exist anymore on that Bears offense with Nick Foles on the field. Okay, so they either got to find a way to get rid of the ball quicker, or they need to start helping out the the left tackle because it's just not the same situation. And I and if they don't start helping them out, like what I'm talking about, where all of a sudden you're going, well, wait a minute, yeah, this Leno doesn't look so good with this quarterback compared to the quarterback that used to be in there because he's not as mobile, and that's. That's not a, really a knock on Foles. It's just the reality of who he is. It, it's, Trubisky, I think, has helped Leno over the last couple seasons maybe look a little bit better than than he really is. I, and Leno's fine, but he's not an all-pro. He never has been, and we know that. Well, he doesn't get paid like an all-pro either, but they're uh, going to have to help him out now. But, but, but again, Trubisky breaking down the pocket and running away basically destroys the play. So, it, 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 you know, it's almost when you're up to your neck in alligators, it's hard to remember the first job was to drain the swamp, right? Well, you got to get somebody blocked to keep the quarterback in the pocket where he can make, uh, you know, his progressions and his read and deliver the ball in a timely fashion. I got all that. But when, when you whiff, when you whiff on a player, then, I, I mean, you got to start bringing a tight end over and having the offensive tackle take the inside away and let the tight end come down and take the outside away. Otherwise, we're going to have more of the same. So, anyway, I, I, and the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they can get after the quarterback. They got some pass rushers. Adam, say goodbye. Bye, guys. Have a good week. Right. Uh, hopefully, good job, Bears get a win. We'll, we'll, we'll see you next week. Appreciate it, Adam. Hope the best in the business. Joining us, 720 WGN. That tell me it's news right now. I think there were some big plays made. There were some, some clutch situations where guys came up and performed. Um, it, it just happened to not be enough in this scenario for us to get that dub. But um, I, I feel like there was a hard play on both sides, you know what I mean, of the ball offensively and defensively. Uh, shoot special teams as well. We want more. But uh, unfortunately, the cards didn't fall in our, in our way today. Now back to Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. Hey, Akeem Hicks. After the Bears fell to the Colts, 19-11. One more hour of Hamp and OB with you till 10 o'clock on 720 WGN. Hamp and OB would like our best caller of this half hour is going to get a $50 gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, 50 bucks, family-owned and operated, serving the best Italian cuisine in Chicago. And here is the competition out there in Hampton OB. You guys get to decide this. Whoever can fix the Bears' offense the best, whoever has a solution on how to make the Bears' offense start to run, we will give you $50 to Bartolini. So we want a, we want a real... Well thought out, deep. We will give you a direct line to Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor and and John D. Filippo. 
We'll do everything for you. It sounds great. And you know what? And by the way, that $50 gift card is like a $500 gift card oh, anywhere else. Right. It's it's priceless. I mean, if you went to one of the street restaurants down around this town, you, you'd get you get an appetizer for 50 bucks. Bartolini's you're eating for a week. Right? You got carryouts to go. And it's it's out of this world. Hey, 312-981-7200. 312. 981-7200. Yes, Hampton. Okay. A couple of things, real quick. Uh, before we turn our attention to the GOAT come Thursday, I've got a couple other things. You know, the only guy that actually hit the quarterback was Brent uh, Urban. Urban, the uh, the backup defensive tackle pass rusher. And you know what? He was playing, he was playing hard. And I, I like that. He and Hicks were two of the brighter spots on the defense. You know, uh, Eddie Jackson got run over again. OB has to come in with his glass of tea. Tell me Jalen <laughs> Johnson got run over at the goal line. I said he don't get paid to tackle it. He does. Weak answer. He does. He does. Weak but, answer, Dan. But let me just weak, tell weak, you. Weak, But before, but again, you know, this is like a soup strainer. I've got all these things caught up here, and i got to get them out. At the very start of this program, we played a, a, a snippet of the quarterback, Nick Foles. And he basically took complete ownership of the interception. But it was very interesting what he said. Do you remember what he said? I was trying to lead him yep. out of the break a little bit. Right. And I missed it by about six inches. Six inches. Now think about this, people. It was a twenty he was eight yards deep, seventeen yards across me. That's seventy five feet. And he missed it by half a foot. Right. Now you're telling me that an NFL receiver that wants to tell everybody he's a hot shot can make a six inch adjustment with the ball coming from seventy five feet away. It wasn't like it was on you know, a dunk over the line of scrimmage. There was there was some time to adjust. And yet that play created the only turnover of the game, which turned out to be a backbreaker. They score on it. But the last gasp of the offense, the same deal. A pass to Anthony Miller, and you heard what Kaz said, that he cringed and, and went into the fetal position. And rather than take the blow and say, hey, I'm taking one for the team, i got to catch it. Right. A, a true player, but back to Foles. He basically saying, "Hey, okay, put it on me. I guess I, I can't miss it by six inches. If I miss it an inch, is that going to be too much? It's three inches too much. We know six inches is a, a non-doable deal. But I'm just telling you, remember this stuff. Uh, when you when a team goes south, all these things start to add up. Well, if if Trubisky was the quarterback there, he would have been saying something like, "Well, you know, we all got to be better." You miss him by six foot, right? right. Not six <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's that's true too. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Looking for solutions uh, for the Bears offense. Fifty dollar gift card to Bartolini's. Uh, James on the South Side, you're first up on seven twenty WGN. Go ahead, James. Okay. Well, okay. Games are won on the on the, in the trenches. That's, That's part of it. Your tr- now, uh, okay, any 
Okay, okay, I'll use it. Okay, they, the, I'm not going to you can't fire the entire offensive line. So they tried to fire the coach. That, that's how, where would we learn that doesn't exactly work. So maybe what maybe we should do is just maybe switch Daniels and Waghead around again, have one do the center, one do the left guard again. But I don't think that's going to help the left tackle position. That's a really interesting point there, James. Do you want to, you guys want to flip that back again? Anybody have any interest well, in that? And James, you know, that brilliant, astute observation. And here's again, here goes, here you go. You you're playing with your flaps in, and and when they should be out, James Daniel was was drafted to play center. He's not big enough to play guard in the NFL, and we're going to find out this weekend. And Dominican Sue. Will be lined. He normally plays over the right guard. I'll bet you uh, dollars to donut. He gets a dozen rushes. He wants to get over there because Daniel. He's six two, about two eighty. They ain't big enough. Okay, and at center, quicks and tenacity and all that stuff. You can you can get away with it. But Cody Whitehair is a bigger body. He's six four, two eighty five, ninety, whatever. They he really should switch back. Week. He got yeah. He got manhandled. Yes, he did. But 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 again. Therein is another one of the hidden flaws in this offense, you know. And you're exactly right. The left guard would be very beneficial to help the left tackle a lot of times on some inside, you know, moves by the defensive end. So you may have hit upon something right there, my friend. Come back in two minutes here, Michael. Woodstock, Joe, Joliet, you, 312-981-7200. Hampton OB till 10 as we get ready for Tom Brady and the Bucks Thursday night on 720 WGN. You know, that was one of those games where a lot of things went your way. It was an explosive day, and, and um, it was it was one, one of those ones you always remember. It's it's uh, it's not easy to have those games um, all the time. It, it was certainly early in, in in our start in 2018, something that you you want to be able to have a lot more than not. And I think that for us, uh, we you know there's things that we did in that game that we've continued to grow from. But you know w- we understand that this process with this offense, um, with where we're at, is is in what the set two and a half years now of where we're at. Memories. You remember that day, OB, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made Mitchell Trubisky look like Joe Montana and Dan Marino combined. He threw for 354 yards and six touchdown passes. Hampo, you remember that, don't you? I do. That was, uh, and we we applauded. We did. We all uh, bought. Did we the fool's gold and said, "Hey, maybe he's turned a corner." Unfortunately, it was into an alley. <laughs> There was so many wide open Bears receivers that, that day. Good, it was Daniel. ridiculous. Was very, very good. <laughs> it was into a terrible, horrendous alley that you did not want to go down. All right. With a truck coming. <laughs> All right, let's go to the college. $50 gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant Woo! and Catering to someone who could fix the Bears offense. I'm, I'm still waiting for it. Uh, 312-981-7200. What's up, Michael in Woodstock? Welcome to WGN. Hi. Evening, guys. How you doing? Good, Mike. Hey, you got to get rid of the general manager. OB knows this. He screwed up the draft. 
Well, you're not going to get an argument from me. You're preaching to the choir, Michael. I don't think he's going anywhere. OB seems to think he might if they miss the playoffs this year. Uh, you think he's going? Mike, I, listen. Uh, we're still Lucky. in a good spot this year, okay? We're playing Tampa Thanks, Bay. Michael. And we're and and we're playing them home, in our own ballpark, and 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 that's a plus. That's a huge plus. And they they got they just came off of a reality check against the Colts. Now let's see how good this coaching staff can coach, and let's see how good we can react on special teams, on offense and defense, and take a big win away, which everybody thinks the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to get. I love to see him make adjustments. And that's the one thing with this coaching staff that they don't. They think they do in their minds or whatever it is they do, but it's the same show week after week after week. So let's, I, I think we can win this football game, but changes have to be made. Philosophy has to change offensively, attack, and defensively. I don't want to see Cleo Mack. Dropping back in pass defense when he is one of maybe the top three, four, maybe top five pass rushers in the league. And we got him coming up with defenses where he's dropping off in pass coverage. That's a no-no. That's not even open for discussion. You get your down lineman, you get him going forward and do what they're paid to do. That's why we have linebackers, cornerbacks, weak and strong safeties. That's their job. That's not Cleo Mack's job. So if we could come up with a game plan on offense, which has to change the way we do business, and defense, we have to change the way we're doing business because starting to play a little better teams, and I think we can win this game. I truly do. Okay, and that's if they do what I just said. Right. Now, Mike's point was the general manager screwing up their draft. Well, well, he's gone. I don't care what that what, guy made. I can't even look at him. All right, but here, here's the point. Matt Nagy... He just said two and a half years of his program and blah blah blah. Well, this this is this is uh, come to Jesus time, and I'll tell you why. We're three and one. We got Tom Brady coming in here, all right, and a pretty daggum good Tampa Bay team. Now say things don't go good and we lose to them. The next week we got to go to Carolina, and you say, oh, who cares? Guess what? Carolina took the Arizona Cardinals apart last week. They did, and. Teddy Bridgewater looked like a second coming of Lamar Jackson. And then, after that, we got to go and play the L.A. Rams. Here we go. And I'm just saying, the hits just keep on coming. And you can't make excuses week after week after week. There has to be changes, improvements, and results. We need them in 45 hours. Dan, and also, there's got to be accountability here sooner or later. There's got to be accountability. I agree. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Joe in Joliet. Welcome to Hampton OB on seven twenty WGN. Go ahead, Joe. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Right. Um, this is Chicago Bears, right? This you... is they're known for smash mouth football, and they're not playing smash mouth football on the offense. They need to get back into the I formation, get a blocking fullback, and impose their will and jam it down their throats and beat up the defense. And then when you do that, you can soften them up, and then you can open your passing game up. And you could also do what Lombardi used to do all the time. He'd pull the pull the linemen and sweep and have all those guys blocking, 
and they perfected that play, and they did it over and over and over again. They're just trying to be too cute instead of going back to what we're known for. You beat up that defense, and you soften them up, you wear them down, and you can open up your passing game. Joe, great call. I think Joe put the Joe in Joliet. All right, Joe, hang on, my friend. We're going to give you $50. I like what he said. I I do, but you know what? We don't have the personnel for that. We don't have a a blocking fullback. But at the end of the day, that attitude that is missing has got to materialize. Well, here, speaking of that, Hamp, because it's interesting, the Bears had run personnel in the field. They had Demetrius Harris. They had J.P. Holtz. Uh, when they were all the way back on their seven-yard line, Foles, he faked it to Montgomery. He hit, that's when he hit Mooney down the left sideline. That was the best play of the game, right? And then that was after that, they had Ryan Nall out there playing fullback, and he hit he hit Robinson for for twenty-seven yards down the right seam. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they should have a fullback out there more. Does that make at least it was deceptive? Like they were like, oh. They're going to run the football. So actually, when they ran some play action, it worked. I don't know if that – maybe that's something look, that should be done more. Look, if you've, if you've got a great running back, okay, like uh, Saquon Barkley and all that, you build the offense around him running. When, when you don't have one – and we're not saying that Montgomery won't become eh, a, I am. A, a great player, but you have to run the ball to give the facade – of hurting a defense with the run that makes the safeties, the linebacker, everybody, they play differently. The, the defensive linemen start worrying about the jump through and this and that instead of just rushing the passer. It's a huge complexion change. And if you don't even have a threat of a run, 28 yards, then, boy, it's Katie bar the door. Here, if, if you can't run the football, it takes out – there's a few phases of offense, okay? How you're going to strike, where you're going to strike – but if you can't run the football, what you take away is one of the most important plays of the way. The play action, folks. Because why? Because when you're a D lineman, your first responsibility is the gap inside. Normally that's what it is, not unless there's a defense call where the linebacker's coming in on the inside gap. But your first is first job is stop the run. So when you come with play action, if you can get somebody to really do a good job with the play action, that is a huge plus for an offense. Who uses that all the time? Green Bay and watch Kansas City. See how many times, even with the bootleg with play action, with Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, bootleg, play action, play action, run the ball, run the ball. They've got runners. But if you don't run the ball, and then you try play action, it's not going to work. It's going to blow up in your face. I don't know if that makes sense to you people, but that's the way it goes. Did you see the comment from Rodgers uh, yesterday? Aaron Rodgers, down years for me are career years for other quarterbacks. He's right. He, <laughs> he hey, is. We've had to watch it now for, what, 13 years? <laughs> and guess what? We got them in about a month. So... You know, when we start feeling really great about ourselves, and oh, we're three and oh, and guess what? We could be three and four by the time we get there. Yeah, I'm just saying, hey, he makes everything easy. Trust me, and Ob is exactly right. The the the, the play action is the most deadly. Yes, of is. the hidden weapons on an offense. Okay, drop back and throw a bomb. They're expected. The play action is it, it's it's insidious. It holds the pass rush. Yes, it does. And the linebackers and the safeties, they take three steps forward and the guy's running by them. It's just, 
They, it, it, you got to find a way to make it stick. But you need a running game to do that. Tom and Libertyville, you're up first after the news. 720 WGN. I mean, obviously Tom's a tremendous player and had a lot of success in this league, one of the greatest of all time um, at the quarterback position. And, uh, you know, we played against each other uh, really just one time and then a little preseason. Um, obviously a great competitor and look forward to playing him on Thursday. Knows him well. Foles versus Tom Brady. Less than 48 hours away, OB. Yeah, the, but who the, was the coach for the Eagles when they won? Doug yeah, Peterson. not 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 Matt Nagy. Yeah, yes, yeah, Doug, there's okay. That's it. But uh, Peterson was the coach that Philly took the year prior right. to Andy handing the clipboard to Nagy. Yeah, well, and we all will know what Nagy did. Winning twenty to nothing. Never scored another point. And lost the ball game. Yep. The Tennessee Titans. That was another no third quarter without fourth. No business even being in the playoffs. And Kansas City was at home. And who was the guy calling the plays? Nagy. But you know what? Alex Smith was the quarterback, and that's another excuse. And you know, there's a lot of other reasons. Three one two nine eight. The tight end was hurt, remember? Kelsey was hurt. Kelsey didn't play the second half. Okay, forgot about that. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Hey Tom, you got a fix yes. for the Bears' offense, my friend? Well, I tell you what, uh, I love that you guys are on for three hours now. I just enjoyed listening to you. But Thank say, you. I, OB was right about the play action, and that was one of the things I was going to mention as being key. But gosh, I, I used to watch uh, Kenny Stabler and the cloth march down the field, and and same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You know, you throw those little five, ten-yard dink passes, and uh, and uh, they'll, they'll get the guys uh, from stuffing the line. And so when they get used to try to stop those passes, then you throw a long one like Aaron Rodgers seems to always do. Uh, and then uh, if they think they can stop that, then you run up the gut. I mean, it just seems like you mix it up. But Stabler, you couldn't stop Stabler. I mean, it was five, ten yards, you know, uh, down and out, down and out, down and out, and then you go for a long one, or, or you run up the gut. And there, well, he had some pretty good receivers and a good running back Cliff over Ranch. there too. And I'll tell you what, coach wasn't too bad himself either. That was that was a damn good football team, Tom. But yep. y- your point was it was really, you know, insightful in the sense that you know throwing the outs, outs, and then when the corners start jumping it, when the safeties start trying to bite on the slant, that's when you hit. You know, the slant then post. And you change it up. But there's always got to be a hammer involved, okay? Like the kid, take the trash out. No. Well, either you do or you get the hammer, right? Well, that's, same thing. An offense has always got to have a hammer, meaning you go over the top of them for the big play, the big score, the bomb. You air it out, which, of course, the great OB is always wanting them to do. But it's so unfortunate that nobody is scared of the hammer when we, we play them, especially with Trubisky. Maybe Foles will change that. But twice a quarter, you need to air it out. you got a kid named Mooney that can fly now. And, and one last thing. Let me just say this. Back to the coaching. I read a big, long draft deal that I almost sent to UOB, but I didn't want to reopen the can of worms on (laughs) Trubisky, about how the rest of the league kind of was laughing at the Bears when they took Trubisky. And this one of these uh, 
NFC North insiders was basically saying, when they drafted him, we were all like high five and saying, thank God, because they got to play us twice a year, right? <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, great. I wonder how many of them are saying the same thing about our offense, getting to play them twice a year. Well, You know what I'm saying? At, at, listen, Danny, I know exactly what you're talking about. But what, what time you're talking about, just this past game against the Colts, and, and I, we talked about it, but n- not enough. Did you see – I mean, they've got a good defense, damn good defense. You know how much respect they had for our passing game? Did you see – were their defensive, their safeties, and their cornerbacks, how far back they were playing against our receivers. Maybe the max was, what, maybe sometimes a couple of plays they were 10 yards, they were 8 yards, 7 yards. And at the snap of the ball, they you didn't see them backpedaling. They were waiting for them, and they broke with them, or they broke on them and ran with them. That's what I saw. And you know what that is? That's a slap in the face. At the Bears, their passing game, they Amen. had no time. Believe what I'm telling you. What I saw them for four quarters against the Colts, the Colts had no respect for our passing game whatsoever. I don't care who was that quarterback. They came in and smothered our receivers. Amen. Every Practically every pattern was contested. That's when you say, okay, every we time. do this to back everybody off. We never did it. Never did it. 312-981-7200. We're going out of Marietta, Georgia. Mac, welcome to WGN. Go ahead, Mac. Hey, fellas. Honored to talk to you. Longtime Bears fan. Love you all. I remember the Patriots with their two tight end offense. And would that be something that would work for us with a weak offensive line, help us get the run going? Uh also, can Eddie Goldman come back if he opted out? Can he cannot. we pull him back? He cannot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that thought, back though. To- two, two, two tight ends it would get Cole Komet some we, more opportunities. We're, we're play- we've been playing two tight ends, Mac, and sometimes we deployed uh, against the Colts. We deployed three tight ends on a few plays. Hmm. How about six tight ends? But, yeah. <laughs> we got, we got plenty it. of them. But, he, but, but again – therein is part of the problem you want to scare defenses you want to go over the top you can't do it with 260 pound tight ends so i mean there there is a balance and there is a certain way that you can set up a game plan to kind of go bam bam bow boom bam and hit them different spots different ways different sets three tight ends then go with with the you know uh, four wides do different things make them have to worry about what you're doing instead of us worrying about what they're doing we don't we, and we don't do that and let me tell you something mac we never stress the colts yeah, at any time we don't use what a quarterback can do for whatever excuse you want to hear from the bears or whatever it it's we we don't utilize all of our quarterback's talents all of the things that we can do you can sit here the rollouts move the pocket rollouts bootlegs reverses go down fly downfield run from an eye formation put in motion have your backs in motion 
Have your slot in motion. Have your wideout come back in motion. Have your tight end in motion. How often do you see that with the Bears? All these different formations. Run from an ace backfield and put them both in motion out into the flats. And take the snap from under center. There's so many things that you could do to attack the defense that we don't do. We don't even come close to doing it, Mac. You see it. I see it. We all see it. <clears throat> Who was the the best offensive coach that you ever played with, OB? Does anybody come to mind? Or the yeah. best offensive coach? We, well, it was uh, probably the best offensive mind we had was when Jim Dooley retired and they brought him, and and. But we uh, we basically won in in those days. Won on defense. Yeah, I know. I, we I, just we were so dominant on defense. We just smothered everybody. We just we we came up. We played so tight on people. The wideouts, our our cornerbacks were two yards off the line, right looking them right in the eye, and they would run with them or take them out. And so, but offensively, we you know it wasn't wasn't all that much of a. I mean, they even know how to use Gale. They know what they were doing. Yeah, they did. They did. But he made things happen. And 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 and, and, I, and I tell you, when I talk talk about this kid, I mean, God love him. As you talk about a football player, a running back at that position, my God, folks. And, and again, I made the the analogy of if if you had today, what were there two three cameras out there then watching you know in the sound system. You take Gale Sayers in today. What is there, what, 50, 60, 80 cameras sure. out there in the sound system? This guy would be off the planet. He was absolute, as fa- at, at vertical as fast as he could go. In a, in a, a millionth of a second, he'd go horizontal. And you know, where the hell did he go? He was just unbelievable. And he was a man of few words. And he would block, and he, he'd give you the whole game. Against the Rams... I think it was the first game. Gale ran a punt back for a touchdown. He ran a kickoff back for a touchdown. He threw a touchdown pass to Dick Gordon, our receiver. And I think he ran for about 140 or 50 yards. And after that, boy, I'll tell you what. He was my favorite guy of all time. <laughs> they they were making the rounds to the, uh, you know, People were talking about him last week, saying he could actually make a cut in midair. He could. How he's un- he, he was he's un- he was unbelievable, <laughs> and and the other thing is, nobody could catch him. When he got around the corner, got past right. the line, it was over with. He's gone. Right, gone. Does, does any, God bless him. Hampo, does any offensive coordinator from your time stand out for you? Not so much. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think back. I'm you gonna, know, Ed Hughes was the offensive coordinator of uh, the 85 era, and he was fine man, good guy. Uh, you know, not very creative. You know, I know he and McMahon went at it a lot. But, you know, Dick always had his hand in the cookie jar. Yeah. So it was it was like, you know, wink, wink, Ed Hughes, but it really was, you know. And Mike Ditka's offensive theory was get a bigger hammer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it don't work, get a bigger hammer. And... Back hey, in, we had Walter. I mean, that's where it went. Right. Yeah, back in the day, <clears throat> I mean, we had a guy by the name of George Allen, who's a Hall of Fame coach. And when Clark Shaughnessy left, he was our defensive coordinator. He had gotten a big tiff with Hallis, and he walked away. And George Allen was doing the drafting, and he was a defensive coach, the backs, the linebackers. And I'll tell you, when George Allen took over, 
total and complete change from what we were doing from week to week. We would have something maybe uh, 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 about five pages of what the tendencies are about the opponent, next opponent. And when George Allen, the first time then he was made head coach, when, excuse me, defensive coordinator, when Clark Shaughnessy left the next week, for I thought it was like a Encyclopedia Britannica. He had every tendency down, every tendency, first down, second down, whether it's third and four on your own 34 or it's second and two on their 48. He knew he had all our tendencies. And he made us the world champions that we were. In 63, we dominated with the defense. And why? Because of a guy like George Allen. I got one more old school question, then we'll come back and, and preview Tampa Bay on Thursday night. Better player, Hamp. Dennis Gentry, Tariq Cohen. Dennis Gentry. He was more complete. He was he was our you know Tariq Cohen trick guy, right? But he was uh, gosh, he was so dependable and it just he was a he was a terrific football player. Loved Pinky. Love Pinky. Yeah. All right. Quick timeout. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You want to jump on in here? It's Hampton OB till the top of the By hour. By the way, Mac, that was a good call, buddy. Good call, Mac. Seven twenty WGN. Jeff Bukovic is. Ooh is back he's a straight shooter and he knows insurance he's on your side he'd love to help you nationwide is on your side check out jeffvook.com nationwide is indeed on your side all right i got a question for you i watched a ton of the chargers and the bucks on sunday in the nude start before the bears of course and the Colts at three twenty-five. Their rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. You watch any of that game, Hamp? Oh, okay. He looked great, and he looked phenomenal against the blitz. And he was he was great against the blitz at Oregon too. His, his stats against when when pressure was coming were phenomenal. I'm wondering if they're going to blitz like that against Nick Foles and company. How do you think we'll handle it? Long, well, long pause of death. I think I just it, felt it, it, again. You know, this game it, and the matchups are going to be very worrisome. Let's start at the at the top. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were down twenty four to seven. Down twenty four to seven. Talk about you know us coming back from and, sixteen points. Well, here they they're at home down twenty. And that's when the Chargers lost their mind and ran the football run. They should have downed it. Go ahead. But. Tom Brady throws five touchdowns in that game. So it's one of those situations where they will do what they have to do to win the game. But you know and I know, that, you know, this is, uh, this is not going to be easy. In my mind, Tampa's a better team than the Colts. And so, you know, if we, if we thought we had answers against the Colts, and obviously we didn't, we better rethink our plans. Well, let me tell you something. So far, after four games, plan A has not worked for our offense. We played three of the worst teams in the National Football League. They're like at the bottom of everything, okay? Wins, losses, you you name it. And it came to miracle, miracle plays and breaks at the absolute end, the last second, seconds of those games. And and we won three of them. That, that's fine and good. So I'm going to tell you what. What, if they're going to win this football game and they're going to come out with the same game plan they've had for the last four games, we are going to lose this ball game. Nagy somehow and his offensive coaches have to find a way to maneuver 
our offense around. Take advantage of the 53-yard wide field, the 100-yard long field. Move the quarterback. Move the pocket. Put some nifty plays in. Run with an eye back. You have to change it up. If we don't change it up, I'm telling you right now, we're going to lose that game. And we will have a shot to win it because we're at home. And again, we're still 3-1, and one, and I understand we played these horrible teams. But mentally, if these kids could come out, and if they're put in the right, right position, Danny, and if they get aggressive and do what I said in the area, move that offense around, we got a chance to win it. If they don't, if they play the same damn offense, we're doomed. Well, speaking of the right position, since you put it like that, OB, against Detroit, the Bears ran with Mitchell Trubisky at that point. 32 plays, they ran with Trubisky under center, 33 in the gun. The Giants, they had 64 offensive plays, 37 more under center, 27 in the shotgun. The Falcons, now you've got a combination of Foles and Trubisky, they ran 75 offensive plays, 24 under center, 51 in the shotgun, now you're you're trying to come back. This week, you're trailing... But it's from the start, and Foles is more comfortable in the shotgun. They ran 15 plays under center, 43 in the shotgun. They run it, in theory, better under center, but they're not running it at all. What do you want it to look like on Thursday night? They have to stay balanced, and they have to keep the threat of the run that creates the play-action sequences that we've talked about. They don't do that. They're going to lose. You've got to have play-action. You've got them. That, that stops the defense from just... Totally and completely teeing off at you. Back but you got to have a running game to do it. Back in my day, you know, somebody that had special gifts like uh, Dan Marino, okay, they didn't have to worry about all the nonsense of play action because he, he was just that much better throwing the ball. But look at the two, maybe two of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league. Their whole offense – runs through the play action. And we're talking about Mahomes, and we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. That's all they run, Danny. That is is the spine of their offense. And yet... What what did you say? We ran a third of our plays in the uh, in, in, in the uh, conventional offense and the fifty in the shotgun last week. Fifty only about twenty four fifty one. Yeah, 50, no, only fifteen under center, forty three. So three oh, times as three times as many under in, in the gun. Okay, and most of the day we were behind and we were desperate. Whereas if you would just go back to simple <laughs> basics and run the ball well enough to where you can make the play action effective, Foles can hurt you. He will. What did the Colts do to Bears? They teed off their defensive linemen. They just got down in the sprinting position and teed off and went after them. Yep. Because you sit there in the shotgun, they know what the hell you're going to do. Do we... How about the other side of it? You know how many times we threw the ball past 20 yards, OB? There was, he threw the ball 42 times. Past 20 yards? Yeah. I would say three. The answer is eight. Well, how many, how many? So that's of 42 passes. You, so one out of every five, they're going past 20 yards. Is that enough? With this offense, considering what we, I mean, how. Hamp, you're, you're th- thinking long and hard about this one. I don't. I, I, I can't you, remember eight. I can't. So you had Mooney. You, you the one that was a catch at about sixteen, and he ran for eight or ten. So well, they had the one thirty-five yard down the left side line. 
That's one. And that was on that street. Yeah, the right. Yeah, where he, you had, where he did the stop go. Yeah. But, I, but, but so all, you, you you don't mind eight if, if you get a good eight balls going down deep. That's about right. Hell yeah. You got, you got to move the ball. You got you you got to do it. You've got to be. You got to give yourself a chance. You can't ha- let a defense come up and smother you. And if they continue that, what the hell do you think Tampa Bay's gonna, their defense is going to do? They saw what happened a few days ago. They're going to come up and smother us. We're we're back with you a week from Tuesday. Yeah, have final well, thought. And the last thing I want to see us do is get into a you know what contest. Oh, I can throw it like Tom Brady and try to throw it 55 times in this game. Stay conventional. We don't have that offense. We need to be effective and solid running, play action, and then take your shots deep. And Foles is good enough. He can, he can, he can make it work. Hey, we really appreciate everybody listening tonight. We're yes, back, sir. we're back with you next Tuesday night, seven to 10. Thanks to Adam Hogue. Thanks to Glenn Kozlowski. Thank the callers. You guys were great. Thank you. Callers were, of course, fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks to Curtis Coke for producing the broadcast tonight. And again, good luck to the Bears Thursday night against the great Tom Brady. Yes, OB. Thank, well, thank Curtis. I did. Behind the screen, he did great. You did great too, and, brother. And, thank and, you. And thanks, OB. We'll, we'll see you a week from Tuesday. Thanks to Bartolini's and for all your support.